Hello everyone and thank you for tuning in. Um, before we go on with the show, I have some information to our Swedish listeners and uh, members of Arsenal Gothenburg. So before I let Mike on, Magic Mike from Gunas Podcast on, um, I'm just going to do a quick information message in Swedish to our members and Swedish listeners. So here we go. Ja, tack så mycket. Nu är det svenska som gäller. Så här är det. Alla ni som vet, jag har ägnat de senaste podcastavsnitten åt att ge lite info till Arsene Göteborgs tioårsjubileum i det här lilla ah, introt. Och det tänker jag fortsätta med, för nu jävlar händer det grejer något så in i flasköppningen. Det är nämligen så här, och det har ni kanske sett på Göteborgs sociala medier eller så. Och har ni inte sett det så är jag... Glädjer det mig att då är det kanske jag Som presenterar den här nyheten för er Först, det tror jag inte, men man vet aldrig Är det så så glädjer det mig jättemycket Det är nämligen så att, kom en trumvirvel Vi har presenterat Och kommer att presentera Nigel Winterburn Som special guest På 10-årsjubileumet Fattar ni eller? Det är så jävla fett så det finns inte Uh, Nigel Winterburn, vänsterback i en, Kanske Arsenas bästa vänsterback Genom historien Vunnit ligan 91, ligan 89 Vunnit ligakuppen 93, FA-kuppen 93, FA-kuppen 98 Vunnit ligan 98, den dubben 98 uh, Har, jag ska ta upp det här nu har, Nu ska jag inte bränna allt det här Men jag tänker att uh, Det kan ju ni googla själva ändå um, Tusan, jag hade det här precis Uh, ja, har ska vi säga, det är över jag, jag kollade på det här om dagen, det är över 500 appearances för Arsenal uh, så ja, ni hör ju själva ni hör ju själva, det är ju ingen uh, Kalle Dussin lirare snackar om, utan självaste Nigel Winterburn från den självaste back four kommer till Bellmansalonger Bellmansalonger kommer han till den 21 oktober och det är ju så jävla fett och häftigt och allt sånt. Så uh, you know the drill. In och anmäl er på evenemang at arsenalgoteborg.se om ni är medlem, betalande medlemmar sedan ett år tillbaka uh, minst. Så uh, in och anmäl er så får ni festa och dricka öl och allt sånt. Oj det kommer ett litet pip, jag ber om ursäkt för det. Uh, festa och dricka öl och höra på skrönor och sanningar och uh, allt sånt med Nigel Winterburn. Det här vill ni inte missa. Det är ju det, är det här det här som gör tänkte så här mödan värd det är inte riktigt men eh, nu snackar vi nu snackar vi 10 årsjubileum Nigel fucking Winterburn kommer till Bellman salonger den 21 oktober och firar 10 år ihop med oss i Arsenal Göteborg hur mäktigt som helst och något annat som är hur mäktigt som helst som man ändå faller lite i skugga gällande Winterburn och det förstår jag helt och hållet men det är att quizet till förfesten den 19 oktober, torsdag 19 oktober i stort sett är färdigt och det är astaggat för också så vill ni vara med och hela vägen in så är det ju förfest 19 oktober på Cheers med quiz som jag har gjort och det är typ, typ färdigt kanske 95% klart fredag 20 oktober är det livepod på Cheers med mig och veteranpanelen. Uh, vi ska lite prata Arsenal och lika lite lekar och det kommer bli så jävla god stämning. Och då den stora kanonsmällen Nigel Winterburn kommer till huvudfesten på Bellmansalonger 21 oktober. Uh, in och anmäl er på evenemang.arsenalgoteborg.se 
Ja, kommer bli fantastiskt. Super. Uh, yes. Men det om det om det. Nu så lämnar jag över till mig själv och Magic Mike från uh, Gunners Podcasts. Och vi ska snacka lite uh, North London Derby och, och sådana goda grejer. Alla goda grejer, det var väl en halv god grej. Ah, inte riktigt, det var... Ja, ah, vi pratar om det. För vi, vi, det var en halv god grej. Kanske en tredjedels god grej. Den matchen, men ja, det är det vi ska snacka om och mycket, mycket mer såklart. Så här kommer det. Enjoy! Yes, hello, 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 and welcome to Arsenal Gothenburg the podcast, the podcast for Arsenal fans by Arsenal fans to Arsenal fans, where emotions runs the show. My name is Philip Tolf, and with me today, I'm starting with uh, my dear friend Oscar Rackleson. Hello, Oscar, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Philip. It's good to be back. It's been a long while. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. Great. Uh, I'm gonna start off by saying I'm uh, in a car. Um, driving safely with a headset and everything, focusing on the road, but still in the car. So if there's uh, bad sound, people know why. This is going to be like an international podcast since we have a special guest, which I'm going to introduce in a minute's time. But but uh, I think we're going to start with a, like an, um, what do you say, internal joke, you and me and all the Swedes. Uh, everyone yeah. knows that you, lives, uh, that you live in Stenungsund, right? Uh, so, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So do you know where I'm going? Be careful with the uh, big holes in the road and uh, everything. Take it easy. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. I'm uh, trying to avoid that, uh, that road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we don't go any further there, but just insane. Everyone who knows what it's about knows what it's about, and it's just out of this world insane. Um, but enough yeah, about that. To, be, to, to give it a bit of context to our dear guest Mike, then. Uh, a road collapsed, a big uh, like freeway co- collapsed uh, during the weekend where close to where I live. So it's been like the big, massive news. But you oh, can that, introduce him in Iceland. That sounds yeah. absolutely hilarious. I mean, jeez. Yeah. And there is our man of the hour. It's uh, Magic Mike from the Gunas podcast. Hello, Mike. Do you want to say something about the Swedish roads? Um, I, not about the Swedish roads. Uh, I hear you know other things in Sweden are nice, but we, uh, we 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 won't get started off that way. It's good to good to talk to you again, Oscar. How you been? Yeah, I've been good. Like I uh, said off mic, I've been in uh, been in your country, and that was fun. Yes, I have to return the favor at some point when I'm invited, and and uh, and your co-host, I I, I can't remember. <laughs> See, we've started with two jokes that, that, that don't make sense to most people, but they make sense to us. After a good start, though, yeah. just we three just doing internal jokes for two hours or so. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to talk. It's gonna be hard to talk when the last time you were on, when we were constantly laughing for one and a half hours. Hey, you know, it was a good start to our relationship, but uh, it's great to be on. I appreciate it. I, I did kind of. I think I, I called ahead to ask for a better game to come on after, yeah. but uh, you didn't listen. But, you know, I'm Sorry. here filling my commitments. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, yeah, like we said, welcome back to the show. And I don't do this very often, every once in a while. 
uh, when I'm very excited about a show. So um, I'm so excited, Mike, that you're on. Then I'm going to have a beer. Listen to this one. Oh, there we go. Yeah, it's nice. So um, we're off to a good it's, start. It's not, it, it, it's not as nice as... Uh, what did you call it, Mike, when we saw you in uh, in May when we were drinking wine in a church? Um, I, th I mean, drinking wine in a church sounds pretty nice to me. So I, I, I don't remember what I called. <laughs> I don't remember what I called uh, it. I was drinking wine in a church. You do that so often, so just like a regular Tuesday or so. Yeah, for a bit I of mean, context, that was in the Union Chapel I was talking about when we uh, went to the live podcast together. Yeah, Arsenal Vision yep. and Arsenal. Yeah, I think you well, call if it. You hear echo. It's because I'm in a church right now because it's the only place I'm actually <laughs> accustomed to drinking wine. And you know, given that it's 11 a.m. and I'm on the pod with you, that you know, that's a prerequisite. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, it's going to be a great podcast. I, I can just, I can just sense it. Um, uh, but Mike, everything good with you? Yeah, things yeah. are good. Uh, you know, Arsenal still. Still unbeaten for the yeah. season, although it certainly doesn't feel like it. But mm. uh, you know, we're 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 off to a, an okay start, and uh, and life otherwise, which you know, is there life otherwise? Uh, well, but life otherwise, I can't complain. I'm I'm coming back over in October and November, yeah. so uh, wow. hopefully we'll we'll cross paths again. But but uh, yeah, things are good. Great, great, great. Um, we're gonna it's, go. Oh, go ahead. Oscar. I have a. I have an important uh, question to ask Mike, though. Since he was on last time, he has the nicest apartment that any Arsenal fan could ever own. Well, you didn't have that apartment last time we were on. No, and and you know us us English call it a flat. Uh, okay, you know, flat. Proper English people like me. I mean, you can tell. You know, I, I was born in England. I've I've never left <laughs> England. Uh, clearly, with my accent. But yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, so how's we the have, flat coming uh, along then in Highbury? Yes, a few of us have uh, have have kind of had a dream come true, and we have secured a flat in the north bank of Highbury. Uh, it's a it's a pretty. I mean, the flat is nice, but the location is what it's all about. It's uh, it, it it's overlooking the pitch at Highbury. If you uh, if you're coming over, making a trip, reach out to these guys to find out how to reach out to me because. Uh, you know, we're not there all the time, and sometimes we, we're looking for people to uh, to house sit uh, or flat sit. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a great location. It's a dream come true. I started out my Arsenal life 35 years ago, um, pretty much spending every Saturday or every other Saturday on the on the north bank of Highbury and the terraces, and now to be able to sleep there. Uh, I mean, I slept there sometimes during the games, um, but uh, or after the game, I should say. But uh, but now to actually be able to sleep there in a bed is pretty nice. So you I'm guys are welcome over anytime. Great. I have another question about that. Uh, and since we're on it, are you allowed into the like the marble halls uh, as a resident? Well, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean the marble halls are essentially the the lobby, the uh, the where the concierge is located. It's yeah. a functional area where you know we pick up our packages that are delivered to us. So yeah, I mean we're we're allowed in there. I mean. You know, if we do a photo shoot in there, it gets to be a little kind of un uncomfortable. But yeah. uh, especially when, when you know when there's tasteful nudes being taken <laughs> in, the, in the marble halls. Guilty. Always tasteful, but still, it's a little awkward. But yeah, the uh, the marble halls are 
you know, I've been in there a number of times yeah. before we were actually residents there, and I always felt like I was creeping in on somebody. Yeah, like I had to be very quick, very inconspicuous. But now, you know, I just walk in there. I, uh, I'm actually podcasting from there right now. Oh, yeah, of course you are. Of course you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I've been in the marble halls, like, you know, the famous marble halls, uh, like two times. Uh, one time I just being a stupid tourist or just being stupid as I am. I just like opened the door and walked in, had some photos and someone came up to me and said, sir, you can't be here. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, I go then. Since I've, I've already been there like five minutes when it came up. Uh, and the second Don't time- Don't tell me I can't be here, I am here. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. That... What do you mean? I'm physically here, what do you say? Do, I'm unbroken of the law of physics. that I can't be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and the second time I was walking past, you know, I tried to sneak in or so, and an older gentleman said, are you an Arsenal fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can let you in just like two seconds, so go, go, go. And I, but that is basically your like, not living room, but you know what I mean? Like your lobby when you stay in there. And you're, yeah, I actually, can I, I, can I break I this line a... now though? Because you, you're lying now, Philip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I bring a couch sometimes into it <laughs> yeah. and I just like, lie down there like if you know if one of if one of my other uh you know co-owners of the suite you know needs it if you know what i mean then, i know exactly uh, what you mean sorry yes, i couldn't then, stay uh, last time you know, but you know <laughs> uh, thank you for the invite yeah oscar you said something did i lie did you did you yeah you, you said it was twice are you uh -huh. are you discounting the time you're not counting the time you and me went in on a nightly walk on in highbury did we went into Live the marble halls then no, not the marble halls, but we went into um, to the pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, are, but not in into the halls. Ah, okay. That was uh, true. What I what I true. was talking about. Okay, all right. There might have been uh, a live stream on Periscope <laughs> back in the day when you and me walked into Highbury late at night. Oh my God! Do you Periscope. remember Periscope? <laughs> it was some social media stuff. Uh, but all right, moving on. Uh, we mentioned Gunnar's podcast earlier. Uh, Mike, that's your podcast. Uh, do you want to talk uh, a little bit about that and tell us what is it? What it is? Like we know what a podcast sure, is, yeah. obviously, but you know what I mean. Well, you know, we've we've been uh, doing the Gunnar's podcast since 2016, mm -hmm. back when we called it Gunnar's in the USA, which uh, we thought was a good idea at the time, but it was not a good idea <laughs> to call it that. Why not? Uh, kind of a just the, when the title of the podcast turns people off that's really not what you're going for ah, so right. um so yeah so we we renamed it a couple seasons in but uh you know we're very 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 casual podcast we don't do it on uh, you know on a regular basis we kind of do it you know when we when we can do it but um but this is our eighth season and mm. we've been blessed to have some really really outstanding guests so um, so we're, you know, getting back to our roots soon. We're going to, we're going to have another show where we, where we talk to someone from, you know, the, the Arsenal journalistic community or football commentators like Peter Drury or Jim Proudfoot and those sort of guys and former Arsenal players and just kind of delve a little bit more into, into them as guests. And we'll, we'll, you know, we still do our weekly review shows of the, of the pod of the, uh, the games that have just happened, but um, but really what I like about the pod is that it gives us a platform to talk about Gunners versus Cancer, which mm. I know you guys were also going to bring up, which is yeah. a charity that's, you know, really, really important to us, uh, supporting the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And, and that's a, it's a charity that's caught on recently. We just did a 27 hour 
Potathon uh, a couple of weeks ago. Oh my god! Yeah, and um, you know, you'd think a twenty-seven hour podcast would be pretty boring, considering you just imagine it being the same three people just talking for twenty-seven hours. But you know, we don't do it that way. We had a, a pretty amazing lineup of guests, uh, of of pretty much every top guest that we've ever had on the podcast. Some that we hadn't had on the podcast. And if you go to the Gooners Pod uh, YouTube channel, you can actually watch every hour of the podcast as a separate clip so you don't have to you know carve out two days to just <laughs> lie there and watch us talk but uh but yeah it was pretty good we raised a lot of money for, for cancer prevention and 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 to find the cure and it was just one of these amazing experiences and i'm not sure i did a podcast since then because i'm still trying to catch up on my sleep yeah i can imagine uh speaking about that which hour of the podathon uh did you consider was the hardest if you know what i mean yeah Toughest. well you know it it this year there weren't any honestly okay. uh right. la- i i can say last last year there were about two or three hours where i was really fighting fatigue mm-hmm. and you know and and part of it one of my favorite guests is clive palmer from yeah. uh you know from from arsenal vision he's amazing but But when you're on, you know, when you're on your 19th hour, and this is last year, when you're on your 19th hour of consecutive podcasting, it's maybe five or six o'clock in the morning, um, and then you have someone who who talks as as soothingly as Clive, it's a bad combination for you know for staying awake and alert. So I kind of zoned out a, a couple times during last year's pod. I learned my lesson. I had Clive on during hour two this time, and uh, and and just. It was just there were no difficult hours this this year. It was just the perfect podcast. So great. Uh, next, I can tell you what what next year's most difficult hour is going to be. The one and with that's the whichever awesome. hour we have you. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's the hour that we have you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I'm looking forward to it so so much, so much. But seriously, on a more serious note, uh, I hi- highly recommend everyone to go on your YouTube channel and uh, check it out because like you said it's every hour there uh, by the hour if you know what i mean so you don't have to like watch every 20 how many hour was it 27 20 a little over 27 oh, hours straight jesus christ jesus christ but yeah. i highly recommend to go on your youtube channel uh to have a look at it it's really 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 good stuff thanks phil yeah uh so if you want to do it the hardcore way then you do it 27 27 hours in a row then There were a couple That's people. That's the hardcore hard way doing. This. I think there were there were four people that I know of. Um, there might have been more, but four people that I know of that are you know very very close friends of ours at the pod, and they you know they were in the chat and they did the whole twenty seven wow. hours as well. So, wow, uh, it's always nice when you know when when people make. I mean, it's look, it's a small sacrifice to make in the in the uh, grand scheme of of what we're talking about here with 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 cancers and and how it affects families and stuff. But it's just it's nice to know that you have people who are, you know, who are on board with you doing the same thing, just as a as a uh, you know a sign of solidarity. It just it means a lot in the moment. So yeah, of course, of course, of course. And they haven't listened to any other podcast since then. They are still you know. No, they they sign a contract saying that they're not allowed to listen to any oh, other right, podcast. Right, right, right. We uh, don't have a lot of listeners, but the ones that we do are contractually forbidden from listening to any other podcast, including this one. So uh, so you know, I can talk, I can say whatever I want about those guys because we because if they're listening to this. Even though I would like them to listen to this, they would be, you know, in violation of the contracts, and the police are on their way. You can sue them. 
Yeah, well, yeah. I could sue them, but I'd rather just put them in jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that the hardcore way straight away. Um, all right. Um, we got a game to talk about. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly my reaction. Like, meh. Uh, Oscar, sorry. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. We have a game to yeah, talk yeah. about. Um, and there's plenty of stuff to talk about. Uh, some good, some less good, some uh, great, some not so great. Um, but I think we do it. We start from the top, obviously. Um, when the team news break, uh, bro- broke, Mike um, Trossard was injured. Uh, yeah, David, I mean, David we, Raya in goal. I think the big surprise for me, I mean, Trossard being hurt, we uh, we kind of knew about that. Uh, I mean, not everybody knew about that, but if you, there were some leaks that mm, yeah. quickly got got quashed. Uh, this seems to be happening a lot, like with the Thomas Partey injury as well. And the the club clearly doesn't want leaks from injuries in training coming out before the lineup does. Um, and it's, you know, it's very, very difficult to do that uh, when you've got family and friends and agents and so many people who just want to get out ahead of things. But, you know, if if you knew if you knew what there was to know, then Trossard was not going to be in contention for yeah. this game. So, you know, the real question was, how were they going to deal with that? Were we going to get a, you know, a start from either Reese Nelson or ESR? Were, were we going to see Niketia and Jesus out wide, which we know that he can and has done a lot for Manchester City? Um, you know, and then, of course, the question about the starting keeper after the surprise of, of Ramsdale just seemingly, you know, has he truly been benched or was it just Raya getting some action before the, 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 the Champions League game where he would be our Champions League keeper? And all these questions were answered an hour before the game. And... Um, you know, I, I'm torn on the Raya Ramsdale thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raya did not have the greatest game, to be honest. He did um, not. He did not. And and that certainly, in hindsight, makes the the treatment of Ramsdale a little harsher mm-hmm. because you know you can't sit there and say, well, Raya did stuff that Ramsdale couldn't do, and therefore it, it's justified. I think the jury's still out on how Ramsdale ends up getting used. I mean, I think it's pretty clear we'll see him on Wednesday yeah. um, in the League Cup game. But that's, I mean, we've had some people get League Cup games that were not nearly as important to the club as, as Aaron Ramsdale has been. So I don't Are know you talking about con- Runarsson? Well, I mean, it just, it seems like the decision's been made and it's it's harsh. It's a sign of, of yeah. kind of where Arsenal are, but it's not consistent through the squad because you still see players getting starts who, you know, who who maybe shouldn't. And for Ramstead to lose the spot, to me, I, I feel for the guy. I don't know that it's ultimately going to hurt the, the, the team, but I just, I hope it doesn't, address, I hope it doesn't impact the dressing room because I know how much Ramsdale's loved and uh, the, you know these are the types of things that could have more difficulty off the pitch than they end up having on the pitch. But um, but yeah, I mean the 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 starting lineup wasn't that surprising to me, other than the fact that I think it would have been better just to replace um, to replace uh, Martinelli and Trossard with Nelson or ESR. Uh, I, I I didn't love them trying to kind of jam. Nketiah in there by playing Jesus out wide, and and I think we saw why as a result of the game. Yeah, because it's funny. Uh, Arteta said I think it was last season uh, when it was an injury or something. 
uh, he changed one player and he was asked by a journalist like why didn't you do this or that and Arteta said I'm paraphrasing here but he said like I'd rather change one position than change two and in this case he actually changed two positions because I, I'm with you I'm with you like a, when a winger or a center back or a right back or something get injured you replace him with a winger in this case like Martinelli is injured you replace him with Trossard Trossard is in, injured you replace him with Nelson uh, ESR and so forth. Uh, with that said, I, f- I think Jesus uh, or Jesus uh, had a really, really good game, uh, but he always has a good game. So um, uh, I'm torn, like you said, I'm torn. I'm, I'm raw. I think it's easy to be wise in afterhand, or what do you say, uh, hindsight and all well, that. And it's and but, it's not Philip. It's, it's not necessarily. That 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 Jesus was the one that Jesus. I think it's Jesus. Jesus, sorry, Jesus sorry, sorry. Jesus. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I keep no. I keep getting told that because I, I I just want to call him Jesus, but um, but I think having him in the game was was a no brainer. It was just kind of pushing him out wide to put yeah. Kedia in, mm-hmm. and 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 let's be honest. I mean, when the lineup comes out, I said, okay, well, that's interesting. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't wholly against it. I'm not an anti Eddie Nketiah starting games person because he's done quite well when he starts games. Um, you know, but I kind of would prefer to see it only if, and only if Jesus is either being rested or, you know, or God, God forbid hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he is the second striker. He shouldn't be the striker who pushes our primary striker out wide when we have other wingers that could play. So that, I mean, it was, I was willing to give it a go. Um, it didn't quite work out the way it needed to work out. And that's, I think that's become clear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and moving ahead, we're going to go back to the game later, but moving ahead, you know, when the substitution, they, he took off, Arteta took off Jesus or Jesus or Jared, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and, and Ketia stayed on the pitch, and I was like, are you really, really trying your best here to win the game? I know Jesus has been injured and all that, but it didn't seem that injured to me. Uh, and it felt like, you know, Arteta was um, protecting a draw rather than go for a win, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I, to be honest, by the last 20 minutes, I was pretty drunk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, they, I'm, I'm not That's kidding, how we but, do it. But, but I could... I can still speak about the game, but yeah, the um, he must have been told. I mean, they're you know they're told before the game how many minutes a player likely has in mm. them, uh, especially when they're coming back from injury and and you know a, a knee injury especially. So it could be as simple as the fact that he's been told that he you know no matter the circumstance he shouldn't be playing him for more than X number of minutes, but. Um, you know, look as as good as his uh, Arteta's substitutions and and strategy and formations have been this season for most games, it, it just is as poor as they were in this game. I mean, we just have to say it. Yeah, yeah. And, I, yeah. and how much, Oscar? How much does it? I, I'm interested in your opinion on this. How much does it show kind of our progression? This is the this is the silver lining thing where. Virtually every Arsenal fan, myself included, who I, I like to think is, you know, I, I like to think I'm one of the more, you know, silver lining, look for the bright side of things kind of kind of reaction fans. But uh, I mean, none of us are looking at this as anything other than like a really bad loss for us. Um, you know, a, a draw <laughs> against Spurs is being treated as one of the worst losses we've had in a long time. 
and it does feel that way, but just, I mean, the, the disappointment is palpable because we are so much better than this. So, I, I mean, I do think there, there's one little bright side way of looking at it, which is, you know, drawing against Tottenham the last seven or eight years isn't completely unheard of, although, you know, not so much at, at home, but the, the perspective is completely changed as this team has changed. I think uh, what uh, hurts the most is probably... Um, I can't look at this game and say I think Tottenham, even if they uh, uh, stuck to the game plan more than they've done in the recent years where they've been uh, parking the bus, sort of, and uh, we've been able to hurt them. I didn't really think Tottenham was great. I think we are the better team, and uh, I think we were sloppy, and we sh- we should have uh, been able to beat this Tottenham team. That That's why I think is the main reason why it feels like a big loss. And also because it's individual mistakes, and as well, as with uh, of course it's unlucky uh, that we uh, get uh, rice injured. Uh, that has a big effect on the game. I am, um, but a mistake like the one Corchino does is, uh, I mean, it's hard to plan for uh, or even imagine that that would happen. And I think that's uh, with the individual mistakes, and uh, it felt like we we should really be winning this game. And that's why I guess why it feels like a loss because um, I mean we are clearly the better team, even if Tottenham had a decent game. I think it's fair to say we are a better team than Tottenham. Yeah, I think we're we're a, we're a much better team than them, but I think that we allowed them to play better than us on the day, uh, which which is just it is not what I saw coming. I I thought they were going to come at us and it was going to play right into our hands, and we were going to treat them like we did PSV. And I'm not saying that Tottenham is at the PSV level, but I'm more talking about the style of play. I just I I really hadn't felt more confident. It's funny because every game that I feel confident about. I have this superstition, and whenever I do a, a, a prediction for the game, whenever anyone asks me for my prediction for the game, everyone always picks wins, 2-1, 3-1, 3-0. I always pick 2-2. Two, two. Mm. That is always what I pick. Just as It's almost like a joke or a meme at this point because... <laughs> You know, even if we're going up against Luton and, you know, and they've got their seven best players, if they even have best players all injured, I'll still pick 2-2 because I don't want to get cocky or, you know, if I, this game I truly felt was going to be a 3-1 or a 4-1. And, of course, it ends 2-2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So typical. Uh, Oscar, I'm sticking with you for a while. You said that Arsenal was sloppy and I... I agree with you. I felt uh, Arsenal was slow, sloppy, not concentrated. Uh, do you think, uh, I don't know how much I think this myself, but uh, do you think it's some kind of hungover after the PSV game? You know, the Champions League is back after six years. It was under the lights. It was ro- Emirates were rocking and it still was rocking on the derby. But do you feel feel like it's some kind of psychological hungover uh, for the players? Because we haven't seen this group of players so slow, unfocused, sloppy for a long while? Well, I obviously I don't know what, what? Uh, the answer to this, but <laughs> no, but um, I mean, the thing is I think the PSV game, as brilliant as we was playing that game, it was amazing, amazing goals, uh, amazing combinations, and uh, I mean, 
hindsight and everything, it's the biggest regret that we don't play Jesus in the middle after we've seen that game because we saw how effective it was in that game. And uh, that's the most fluent we've been going offensively. But um, the thing is with the PSV game, I think we shouldn't have been, at least physically, we should have been up for it because it felt like we had the time to rest on the ball against PSV. It was not like the most sluggish game where you it's back and forth and you have to run a ton. And uh, so we wouldn't have been knackered physically, I don't think. But maybe, like you say, mentally, it uh, was a big uh, challenge. And I think someone asked a question on uh, AskCast, which I found interesting is, uh, I, I know I wrote to you before the game, it feels like the end of the... Um, the end of the Aaron Ramsdale era and it made me really sad um, because I love him very much and uh, I can see the ruthlessness ruthlessness in it but I thought that was an interesting question that someone uh, asked on AskCast if we missed his emotions in this game because uh, no one does the emotions quite like Aaron Ramsdale in this team. And uh, you know what? I actually agree with that one. I agree. I, I missed Ramsdale. You know, I, Raya had some amazing saves. But I, overall, I think Raya was like, eh. Like you said, uh, Mike, he didn't do stuff that Anne Ramsdale couldn't do, if you know what I mean. But what Anne Ramsdale could do, that uh, David Raya could not, is his uh, attitude. Uh, do yeah. So I, I totally agree with that one. That, like you said, Oscar, I think that Arsenal... Uh, missed missed that one. And if you look back, the games where Ramsdale has been uh, at his best, uh, it's been the big games. So uh, going back to the keeper's questions, I don't know, Mike, maybe it's that one we missed. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I the ruthlessness is fine as long as it isn't senseless. I I have absolutely no problem with the signing of, of, of David Raya. Um, and, and let's not forget, he had a unbelievable save yeah, in this game. Yeah. I mean, Whoa. if you recall Aaron Ramsdale clapping for him, which I believe was 100% legitimate support. And it wasn't sarcastic. I mean, people are suggesting that was kind of, you know, like when Mesut Ozil used to tweet stuff in support mm. of Arsenal, you knew it was almost like a joke. Like it was like passive aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Passive aggressive. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. I, I don't think that that was that from Ramsdale at all. We've seen, I mean, we, we know what Ramsdale thinks about competition, about other people, what he's been through. I don't think that that was snarky or passive aggressive at all. It was a pretty amazing save. Now, I don't know that he's the only keeper in the world who would have saved that, but again, it's footwork, it's positioning. Who knows? Another day that might've been a goal and we're talking about a very different outcome. So this isn't to say anything negative about Raya, um, but you know, I'm I'm a massive believer in chemistry uh, in the dressing room being equally or possibly a little bit more important than talent. Yes, and, I agree 100%. Please continue. Our talent has improved tremendously, but the biggest thing that's changed over this team in the last two to three seasons is is the chemistry. We've mm-hmm. gotten rid of of the bad chemistry we've replaced it with good chemistry and we've got you know presumably 22 guys who want to jump through a brick wall for their coach and for their for each other and for the fans yeah and you know a home derby against our hated spurs i mean look ramso's only been here for two seasons but he gets it 
I mean, if anyone gets it, it's a guy who was kicked in the back by one of them yeah. at their at their place last season, mm-hmm. and you know has the you know ability to recognize the the you know the fact that that guy made a mistake and he was kind of an idiot. But like on another day, they might be friends, which is the weird thing about uh, about you know what he wrote in his article mm-hmm. about he really gave the guy some some slack, especially considering what he was going through in his family at the time. But just the guy. I mean, this is a game where you felt like he really could have he could have been used, his emotion could have been used on the pitch. So yeah, I mean the more the more I think about it, I'm I am surprised that that this decision was made right before the Derby. And Aaron Ramsdale's now missed out on a Derby and on the very first return to the Champions League that he's such a big part of. And my biggest hope isn't that Raya fails and Ramsdale returns, it's that the team doesn't start to fracture as a result of this and that yes. people don't start to look at Arteta not as, you know, having the best team in mind, but as someone who just doesn't respect what people are giving to the team. His man management is in question here yes. because this isn't ruthless getting rid of a guy like Mesut Ozil and freezing him out or, or Obama Yang, popular figures, but freezing them out because of their impact on the team. This is just taking an, a 9 out of 10 keeper and trying to replace him with who you think is a 10 out of 10 keeper. And he's he's putting a lot of his reputation at risk with it. Yeah, it's a dangerous game he's playing. Um, just one last thing before I move on to the you know specifics of the game and so forth. Uh, speaking about characters and Derby, I just realized in this Derby we miss Granitxaka. How much did how much did we miss him? We had last season, the season before, we had Granitxaka. You know, plays with his hearts on his sleeve. Uh, this game we had. Um, Fabio Vieira, who like la- lied on the floor every time he, every time someone poked at him. Do you know what I mean? So that's yeah. another combinant. You know, in the dressing room, we miss Shaka. In the on the pitch, we miss Shaka. And these big games. Um, um, yeah, speaking about you know characters and mentality and so forth. That's another big character that we miss in these big games. Uh, and you know, we sold him many months ago now, but uh, I think we still miss him hugely. Yeah, I mean, you, you're gonna, you, you can't help but miss a guy like that in the dressing room, on the pitch. It can, you know, look, he, he, he could make a big difference on the pitch. Would I rather have uh, Granite Xhaka in there than Fabio Vieira right now in that position? A hundred percent. But I don't think Fabio Vieira is meant to be in that position right now. If we had, if we had our full team and, and health, it would probably be Partey and Rice. Yeah. Uh, yep. Together. So you know, again, a lot of it is hindsight, but. Uh, we've evolved as a team in an attempt to get better, and with our injury problems especially, there's some question as to whether we've done that or not, but it's still early and we still haven't lost. Um, We're drifting behind, but we have every opportunity to make that up with, with some good results. It's just, there are some warning signs, that's all. Yeah, yeah. Speaking about silver linings, there you got one. We haven't lost yet. Uh, Oscar, uh, I'm gonna go with you for a while. Uh, speaking about the game now, uh, Arsenal opened very good. Uh, had a couple of good chances uh, in the beginning, like Jesus had one, Inkeria had one. Uh, what was your feeling like in the first 20 minutes? Was it ah, we're gonna roll over them? I'm gonna put my feet up on the table now and just have a good time, or was it like mm, I don't like this? We create chances but miss it. Sooner or later, we're gonna get one in the in the arse, if you know what I mean. No, my feeling was uh, we're gonna um, we're gonna score eventually, mm. and 
I don't have it in front of me, but we did score eventually. We did. And then I was just uh, sitting there counting the minutes until the second one. And I mean, the obvious chance that everyone talks about is uh, Jesus getting a free hit, which he kind of stresses a bit with. And um, yeah, yeah he, I mean, he has to do better there. There's no excuses. I said before, I thought he had a really, really good game, but in that chance that he uh, creates for himself, he has to do better, better there. Yeah. Uh, also, I think as uh, as the game wore on, I mean, you could see how much we were missing him, missing him centrally. I'm actually a bit surprised now with a few days of hindsight to it because we have actually, I mean, even if uh, people think it sounds weird when I say this, but we have actually seen Enketia play on the wing when he'd been a substitute a few times uh, under Ateta. And I'm a bit surprised that when it clearly wasn't working, why he wouldn't try to make them um, interchange a bit. You don't have to do it like permanently, but you could do it like for a five, ten minutes spell. See if it causes any more problems. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, and I also think one of the more interesting uh, views that I've heard after the game, I think was on Arsenal Vision podcast, where they uh, said that Enketia hasn't really looked himself after he came back from international duty, where he didn't get his, uh, we didn't get his international debut. I mean, which is so strange why they uh, pick him for uh, games like that and where they clearly could have given him his um, international debut. I think that's so strange, but it wouldn't surprise me if that has has knocked his confidence a bit. Could be, could be. He's not on fire anymore, that's for sure. (laughs) No, but I was actually, I didn't mention that before, but I was having a conversation with a mate during the game and he was like, what is Ateta doing? Why is he playing this uh, lineup? And I was actually saying, well, on paper, the lineup that he put out there is the lineup uh, lineup this season who's been in the best form with the available players because Mm. Nketiah has been in good form. Fabio Vieira has been in better form than Havertz. So... I don't. I wasn't that surprised, but then, with a bit of hindsight, when you think about it, I think it's a bit strange. Why would you give Nelson a new contract if you don't even trust him to be the third choice? I mean, a derby is a big thing, but I mean, if you sign him to a new contract, surely you should have more faith in him to be uh, trusted. I mean, a derby is a big thing, but if he's in the squad. If you give him a new contract, surely you should trust him enough to be the third choice, even if it is a derby. But haven't we seen this before with Arteta? You know, he talks the talks, but he not always walks the walks, if you know what I mean. Like last season, no, the season before last season, when he praised Edin Ketia in every interview and so forth. But he's keep on playing Lacazette. It wasn't like the fifth last games or so and Ketia came on and played really good. Uh, but someone who always gets the nod, so to speak, is Bukayo Saka. And he scored our first... Did he score our first goal of this season against Forest, Mike? Do you remember? Uh, yes, yeah, I was he at did. that game and he, yeah, uh, he, he scored were. a beauty. Yeah, that's the first goal of the season he scored. He scored our first Champions League goal. And what do you know? He scores this... Oh, wait, wait, wait. 
No, it's an own goal. It's an own goal about... Uh, <laughs> um, it's kind of laughable. Like, Romero, Spurs fans think he's like the um, best centre-back in the league. I would say he's the Argentinian Mustafi. Uh, but it's... <laughs> Saka, great, does what Saka does. Uh, and it reflects on, on um, Romero. Yeah, but I think we finally run him into the ground because he mm. he's 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 carrying an injury and isn't training this week right now. So he's he's a doubt for. I mean, he he certainly won't play in the League Cup, but but he's now a a big doubt for uh, for Bournemouth, uh, which you know I would rest him no matter what. Anyway, that guy. This this is what I'm saying about the strangeness of the cutthroat environment. Is you I mean you bring in Raya to play over Ramsdale, but then. Nobody, nobody gives Saka a break, and and it's not like he's Erling Holland that just I mean he just appears as though he has absolutely no physical pain or or fatigue whatsoever. I mean that guy's a robot, yeah. but he's also not getting kicked and 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 knocked to the ground and swiped into after the ball's away, and Saka is, and it's just. It's enough already. He's playing way, way, way too much. Um, and I think it's finally starting to add up. And, 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 and it's got me very, very concerned. But he was one of our bright spots in this game, to be sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you said, the last, was it the last 10 minutes or so? He like basically walked on a plane with uh, crutches, uh, on the pitch with crutches. Uh, and Arteta was like, no, you keep on playing, you keep on playing, uh, Bukayo. No, 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 I'm not taking you off. Um, it was a bit a bit harsh, so uh, we have to wait and see um, how that how that is. Uh, he's not playing tomorrow, I would say, against... Uh, I, I, would <laughs> hope, I would hope he wouldn't have even played even if he was okay, but I'm reading that, that he's, he hasn't been able to train because of his foot. Uh, and and that he's a I think Arteta said to, uh, in his press conference today that he's a doubt for for this weekend as well. All right. Um, I mean, we got to rest these guys, and, and 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 you know, I know you've seen the news that we're a lot of our injured players are expected to be back in time for the City game, yeah. which is you know everybody's pointing at that City game in two weeks, and you know if we don't take all three points against Bournemouth, that City game is less meaningful. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, true. You know, it's 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 meaningful, but it's going to be a little less impactful on on our supposed title race. So you know, we we can't just play that game at Bournemouth like it's a League Cup game with you know with our second choice eleven. But it looks like injury might cause us to have to. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing when you're competing with uh, with City, uh, like every point drop is a point drop, if you know what I mean. Like uh, it really, really matters. And now we drop points against Fulham and Spurs. Uh, but sticking with Saka, um, sticking with you, Mike, um, he did uh, coping Madison's uh, goal gesture, if you know what I mean, with his dart, uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 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 What, what was your feeling about that? Did you think that like that fired Madison up? Or uh, was it just um, I, I no, think nothing if special? You're, I think if you're in a tighter game than you're expecting or that you want, um, you don't do things that are going to bait the the uh, the opposition. I mean, yeah. I, li I like the attitude. I like the brazenness. I mean, Bukayo Saka is not someone who you think of as being, you know, pompous or or you know. But but you do you do take a chance. You back it up with your play during the game. After the game, if you want to do something like that, fine. But like at at this point now, 
he's given fuel to people who you know who want to basically you know to 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 mock him i mean he's 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 practically unmockable but when you do something like that and then you don't end up coming through with the result as a you know it, it's yeah. or you give up a goal 90 seconds later yes um it, you look kind of foolish so yep. i you know I think we'll give him a pass on that, but uh, you know, but but I think he hopefully learned his lesson, and and he he doesn't go to being too too cocky during yeah. games because I mean he he played a good game. He had a dogie completely running ragged uh, for for at least the early part of the game. He deserved the goal that he got, even though it wasn't credited to him. I mean he he was uh, it was coming. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't I didn't love that in the mm. scheme of the game where it was. If it was four one at the time, maybe. But you, you got to be smarter than that. Yeah, because the reason I brought it up, and Oscar, I'm soon coming with you. I'm just sticking with Mike for one last thing. The reason I brought it up. Uh, did you see the interview with Madison after the game when the the reporter journalist asked Madison about that? I, I didn't, but I can assume that he said it fired him up a little bit. Yeah, he said, he said like, he said like, um, uh, again, I'm paraphrasing, but he said like something like, yeah, I saw that, and it's just some banter we did during the national break. Uh, and uh, to be fair, he, what was it that he said? Uh, to be fair, uh, uh, he said maybe he was still doing the. Maybe he was still doing the celebrations when I uh, spun him up and took the ball off him and scored the goal or something. Oh, not scored. I'm sure the they have a good relationship. I'm sure they have a good relationship, and it's banter between them. But but it's not banter, and there's not a good relationship between the people who are reacting to it and the fan bases. And that's the thing. I mean, yeah, the, you know, on the pitch is no time for private banter in between England teammates who who might actually be very you know, affectionate with each other otherwise. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And like Madison, thank you, Oscar, for filling, filling in. Like Madison said, like, yeah, he must be still doing it when I spun him up on the pitch. Like, mm, suck, I didn't really have to because now Madison got the last word uh, of it. And speaking of the goal, Oscar, uh, your thoughts about uh, Spurs' 1-1 uh, goal? Um, personally, everyone is talking about Saka and maybe he's doing this dart stuff uh, when Madison... Uh, spun him up, but I got my problems with Ben White with this goal. What do you think? Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. This uh, draw it has hurt. It did hurt me too much, so I haven't been able to rewatch the goals because I've basically been sad since then. So I'm probably not the right person to ask mm. about this. But uh, I do have another point though that I uh, wanted to mention when you were talking about Saka. Yeah, please go. And that is why we didn't uh, use him more against Udugi. We saw in uh, this one instance in the game where you see Martin Erdegaard, uh, Ben White and uh, Saka. I think it's before they score the equalizer. I think it's maybe after half an hour when they break through. I think it ends up in... Either it ends up in offside or Spurs uh, managed to win the ball back. Uh, but you can see that... Uh, that uh, if we we need that uh, partnerships of those three to work more frequently, and I can't believe that we didn't uh, try to challenge Odogi more mm, good after he got a yellow card after the fifteenth minute. Yeah. And I still think uh, I know it's the rules and everything, but I think it's ridiculous uh, the Martin Odegaard uh, yellow card for sticking up for his teammate when uh, basically everyone is 
has a three pass on uh, kicking the shit out of uh, Bukayo Saka. I know a lot of people have mentioned this, but I wanted to have it on record as well. I think it's ridiculous when uh, it's more important for the referees to hand out silly yellows uh, to show that they are in charge. Because uh, really, you can't tell me uh, Martin Odegaard is like overreacting in that case. And actually, I think it infected Odegaard's game. Because after that, you kind of felt like he was holding it back because we don't want to see a red card in the derby. Um, so I agree with you. That was strange and odd and it's a strange rule and everything. And I think that uh, the yellow card was holding Odegaard back. Uh, and speaking about Saka and Udugu, um, Oscar, just one quick yep. thought. Isn't it like the... F- it, it's not the first time that, you know, uh, left back... Uh, got a yellow card against Saka and like you and me like talked to each other and said oh just go go Saka send him off like get him on toast and everything and it never happens this is not the first time no it isn't but I mean for that to happen I think we need to well we haven't actually seen the is this the uh, no it's the fourth game this season we see uh uh, Erdegaard, Saka and White uh, starting with White on the right-hand side. But that was such an effective uh, combination last season. Yeah. And, uh, but even last season when they the have... left back get a yellow card and like you and me on the pub or something like yeah, Saka, go, go, go. It feels like Saka is holding it back after his defender get a yellow card. I don't know. It's it's not the first time that we sit here and say like, why didn't he like push him, push him, push him, push him. Uh, I don't know. It feels like Saka is holding it back in that, in those situations. Yeah. You think it's, do you think it's more kind of the fact that Mikel Arteta has his designs on how, and, and we saw this with Arsene Wenger at times, he has his designs on how he wants to play, what he wants to do, and it almost seems like he, he I mean, and this could be the inexperience of, of Mikel Arteta or it could be the uh, kind of stubbornness of Mikel Arteta. He doesn't want to deviate from the original plan, even if he's handed an opportunity like what you guys are talking mm. about to potentially impact the game by getting a second yellow on a guy. Could um, be. I, I'm not yeah. necessarily saying that's what I think is the case. I'm just throwing that out there that it might not just be Bukayo Saka's lack of aggressiveness. It might be that you know the that the the game because you almost kind of have to say, okay, well. This is what we're going to be doing. This is what we want to do to impact the game. But let's also spend some of our time and our energy thinking about the fact that Udogi's got a yellow card and just going at him. Uh, you know, is, does it pull you away from what you're otherwise trying to do? And and you know, to to try to get that second red, second yellow. Mm. I don't know. I think it's weird. It's not the like I said. It's not the first time that uh, we talk about it. Um, but all right, moving on. Mike, do you have any thoughts about the Spurs 1-1 goal? Uh, like I said, I have my problems with Ben White. This uh, uh, goal, in general, I don't think Ben White had a good game. But what's your thoughts? So we're talking about the one in the first half? Uh, the one in the first half, yeah. The 1-1. Uh, Son's yeah. first goal, so to speak, um, yeah. Just... Uh, I don't know. I mean, for for Son to be able to get that shot off, surrounded by three people, is just it's just it's it's unlucky. I I don't really know why uh, he wasn't denied the pass. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's 
it's a lucky shot. It's, I mean, it's a good shot. Son is good at that sort of thing. It's just, uh, you know, I think did Raya flap at that one a little bit? Yeah, I did in the, in the in the first uh, chance. Uh, they got uh, Spurs got in the cross and it flapped a bit and they couldn't get away with the ball. So Madison got his second chance, you know, on the on the left side. Yeah, yeah. and 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 I mean, I'm I'm kind of like Oscar in the sense that when the goal goes in, I put my head down. Uh, kind of take a deep breath and then didn't think about it again and I certainly haven't gone back to watch it again. All right. So. It's just me then. I like to torture myself. I watched it like... Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, I, uh, I could talk to you about the two goals we scored, but I'm yeah, of not course. that good at it. Yeah, no, it's... it's I, I don't like... I, I, I have a massive respect to people that come back and they do the rewatches and they and they have the time and the inclination to do that, but I I, uh, I don't want to think about it anymore. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that... <laughs> That should have been it for them, though. After, yeah. after that goal, you know, there should have been no more opportunities for them. And unfortunately, I think uh, our, our halftime substitutions forced us into a situation where they were able to take advantage of us a bit more. Uh, that, that, that first goal was well against the run of play, in my opinion. Yes, yes, yes. All right, so moving on then. Uh, halftime, 1-1. One, one, and uh, sticking with you, Mike, you brought up the halftime substitutes. Um, Rice off, Vieira off, Kai Havertz in, Jorginho in. And... Um, I give you my thoughts first, and then I go with you. What I first, um, what do you say? Uh, what's the English word? Recognized or discovered or something? Do you know what I mean? Uh, the difference between Rice and Jorginho. Jorginho is really good with the ball. Uh, not this game. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean. Like, his, his superpower, so to speak, is like he's good with the ball, with the passing and everything. Declan Rice and the Thomas Partey's superpower is uh, covering spaces, you know, read the play and everything. Um, and we missed that so much in the second half. I don't, I lost count about how many times Spurs played us through uh, and played through our midfield. And I was like, there, Declan Rice used to be there or there or there or there. But we missed that so much. Um, your thoughts? Or did I just give yeah. it all away? But your thoughts, Mike? Well, no, I mean, if... if if anyone doesn't recognize the impact that Declan, I mean, Declan Rice plays a position where sometimes you don't see, like, like he's not like imperiously, you know, making runs and doing. I mean, he's not like Martin Odegaard in a sense. Mm. Uh, I mean, he's not supposed to be, but Martin Odegaard is 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 champagne. He's he's Rolls Royce. He's I mean, again, not this weekend, nah. <laughs> but in general, yeah. um, you just you see a guy who is having so much massive impact on a game and it takes a little bit more of a tactical eye to see just how good Declan Rice is yes. and the impact he has on games because you have to a lot of the time look off the ball um and you know you, you see very quick touches that are unique and 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 only things that he could do that just you know and, and part of the reason that he's getting there is because of his work off the ball which a lot of times you don't see especially watching it on television so it's it's easy sometimes to get caught up in the hype of okay well Declan Rice is this amazing player but I'm not necessarily seeing it but where you see it is when he's replaced with yes. someone who is not Declan Rice yes and Unfortunately, due to a small injury, which has me worried, as everyone else should be, um, you are now seeing you know, the difference between him and any replacement because as, as solid and average or above average 
as any of our other midfielders are in that, you know, other than maybe Thomas Partey on a good day where, when he's healthy, which we see very <laughs> few, seldomly, uh, you know, that completely changed the game. Yeah. I mean, we, we never really had a chance to push forward and put this game away in the second half, and you can pretty much blame that on one substitution that yeah. we were forced into having to make. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Oscar, I say, yeah, yes. yeah. Can I say what? Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, what's one thing that I was thinking about that we missed the most with uh, Rice going off? Yeah. And it's something that he spoiled us with a lot this season that has caught my eye a lot. Uh, and I think Mike is onto something that it's maybe not always uh, easy to see exactly what he gives you, but when you can see you miss him in a game like this. Mm. But it's his way of uh, intercepting the ball. Uh, charging back, winning back the ball. He's done it so many times this season. And I think in a game like this, that was something that we would have uh, needed so badly in the second half because both teams were pretty sloppy on the ball. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick my uh, neck out on a... Maybe it's a bit controversial, and I know it's... Now we're talking out of favor players here. But when you... Actually, with the hindsight of it, in a game like this, I could have seen... A Jorginho and El Nani partnership work. Uh, the game, the game was panning out with the high, with the benefit of the hindsight. This well, is the type yeah. of game that I think El Nani could have done uh, really good uh, because then you would free up Jorginho in a different way and he could uh, focus on the passing. And I think, I mean, I know El Nani feels very much out of favor uh, this. Well, this far uh, when we got this far with the team, but in a game like this, with the hindsight, I could actually see that El Nani would work in a game like this. One thing is for sure: El Nani would never, ever, ever in a billion years do what Jorginho uh, did. Um, I just I, I say that much: he would never, ever, yeah. never, ever do that in a billion Brazilian years. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Um, and since we're on it, um, I said earlier that Jorginho's superpower is that he's good with the ball. Uh, I never felt stupider, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, uh, he like like we said, he's not Douglas Rice, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's rare that something that far up the pitch can be you know single-handedly blamed for a goal when there's still a lot of components to the play that still have to happen but Tottenham are not a team that you can give possession to in that area with their wide players and and young men's son uh there I mean it's just it, it's it's suicide uh, and it killed us yep uh, killed us I mean I you know I, I I it's hard to blame anyone you know further along in the play for you know for for the goal going in it's it's the way that it started and you know you can't do that you can do that against some teams you can't do that against spurs because that is that is literally what they are good at that is the one thing that they're good at and we gave it to and the one reason we bought Jorginho, like we bought him for the experience and the big games because he's done it before he's won champions league he won the euros he, name it, he's done it, you know what I mean. And he's the player 
who does the, this huge mistake. And I'm like I said before, I'm like to torture myself. So I'm looking at it uh, now again. Uh, I looked at it like four or five times. And I, I, I can't like, I'm lost for words. I can't understand what, what he's trying to do. And I, I don't know anyone who can describe it like, oh, he's trying to do this or that. It's just the biggest, biggest brain fart you've ever, ever seen. Like Mustafi is watching and being proud to see that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Now I picture you like in a in a dark room, like with with uh, I forget uh, who is it that's saying I hurt myself to oh Johnny Cash maybe. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, I hurt and, myself and, and like, today. Yep. Yeah, and 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 you know, and and some like now I'm not accusing you of this, but I'm just I envision like you know drug paraphernalia lying around, and you're just and and you're just absolutely just watching it on a loop over and over again i, I mean mike did i leave my like did i leave my camera on what other environment could make you want to do that <laughs> did i leave my camera on because you just described everything correct in my in my house right now um <laughs> <laughs> like i got my needles in my arms and like oh here we go again yeah i i, I didn't i didn't want to go that far but that wasn't that was the vision that i was having like like <laughs> yes definitely and like johnny cash playing in a playground uh background exactly. all over again i mean yep you know i mean if, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it just go all the way is what i'm saying like, yes 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 uh definitely definitely um, I, I, I banned that video from my house and I surrounded myself with a bunch of unicorns and stuffed animals and tried to do the opposite of that by just convincing myself that everything was okay. But, uh, but you know, there's different people handle things in different ways. It's You'd okay. be like Bukayosaka with an inflatable unicorn, right? You have that I, in I, your house. I have one. Yeah, of course I you do. do. Of course you do. <laughs> yeah. different, different persons, you and me, Mike, but we still get along and that's the beauty of it. Opposites attract. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Uh, one more thing, because actually we got ahead of ourselves. Oscar, uh, Arsenal won a penalty. <laughs> literally, literally, just one minute before Jorginho's uh, biggest brain fart you ever see. Uh, I'm not going to ask if it's a penalty or not, because it's the clearest penalty you ever see. Uh, Bukayo Saka stepping up again. Yeah. Uh, I just want to take a moment to uh, mention that it's impressive how you can be that slow in a VAR room. Yeah. How can it take like four minutes to come to a conclusion? I wonder if this is a penalty. <laughs> impressive. I can see, yeah, I can see in this angle it uh, touches the hand. Let's just see it from this angle and this angle and this angle and this angle. Like how many angles... Or slow motions? Slow motions? Do you? Yeah, need? I, I don't think I don't think there was any question that it touched the hand. The question was always, you know, they have to go through whether whether the hand was in an unnatural position. Uh, yeah, that's you right. know, and, and I know, I know that your hand is often in an unnatural position, but <laughs> shh, Mike, uh, shh. But but no, I mean, you know, and how was it ball to hand? And I mean, there there are some things to consider, but but it was pretty clear that 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 block the shot i mean people were in in the pub where i was watching the game were talking about red card mm. uh for it but i i thought i i didn't think that was ever going to happen but the uh the penalty was was pretty clear yeah yeah, yeah. uh did you hear uh angie's pasta koglos uh press conference after the game uh oh, he about didn't try to pull a 10 hog did he and say that it wasn't a penalty yeah, he did. He did. He said, "Like, if this, if that is a penalty, we need to cut off every defender's their arms." And I was like, "Really? Did you really go there?" Didn't, didn't he say something like, uh, "It's." Didn't he say something along the lines, "Well, 
if a defender throws this way, what, what are you supposed to do with his arms? And it's like, yeah, yeah. well, if you block the opportunity to score a goal, I mean, when else are you going to call for a handball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this, when- is, this, is, this is why I've always hated that they call it intentional handball, because it has nothing to do with intent. I mean, no one is going to... I mean, other than Luis Suarez on the World Cup in 2014... Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the only scenario where it should ever be you know, truly intentional, but, but it should be more impactful. Like, you know, they, they've done something with the rule to where if you're, if you're going to ground or if you're falling to the ground and, you, and your arm is supporting you and then the ball hits your arm, that that's not a handball. But, of course, if you're going to ground to block the shot... That's different. So, I mean, they, they, they've recognized it in some situations. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit harsh when you're not trying to hit it with your hand and someone kicks it from four feet away and it rattles against your arm. It's, it's a little bit of bad luck. You know, you see some people defending with their arms behind them, which certainly gives them less balance and less control. But that's the rule. Yeah. The rule is that you're not supposed to be able to be this big block of a human being that, that can block a ball. You're only supposed to be able to block it with your body and your feet and your, and your legs and not your arms. So as long as that's the rule, that's a handball every, you know, every time of day. I mean, you have to change the rule to really be... You, you know, change the definition of the word intent or, you know, or natural position in order to, to, to have that not be a penalty. But stop complaining. That was a penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it's really as easy as saying you're, you're in, you need to uh, be in charge of your body. I mean, you're, you have to, uh, I mean, you can't kick someone and say it was not intentional. I mean, you as a player have to have control over your body. And I mean... If it's your responsibility to control that you don't put your hand in a position like that, as same as you're in the position to not kick someone in the face. Mm, yeah. I mean, you yeah. need to take responsibility of your actions. It's not harder than that, I don't think. Anyway, I mean, uh, people good constantly, kind of... they've been telling me that for 40 years. <laughs> I just still don't listen. And you'll be like, what? What do you mean? Uh, you want to hear a, g- a great stat about uh, Bukayo Saka, you two? Yeah. Uh, uh, did you see that Premier League tweeted after the game? Or oh, sorry, exed, exed, oh fuck that, tweeted. Uh, Bukayo Saka, 19 home matches, 19 goal envi- um, involvements. What do you say? In, inv- what do you say, Mike? Involvement. Yeah, thank you very much. Involvement. Um, yeah, goal involvement. Yeah, he's, uh, uh, it, I mean, he's really good. He's good. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. He, he's just he's just not going to be good much longer if he keeps getting kicked to death. And that's the thing, everyone who, can't, who clearly can't control their own bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Like everyone knows that he's th- this good. Uh, so the only way to stop him is to, to kick him to the ground one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. Uh, yeah. Um, but I saw that yeah, stat other- and I was like, yeah. People aren't kicking other wingers to the ground. I mean, no. there are other wingers who are good. I mean, I, I, Riyad Mahrez didn't get kicked and kicked and kicked like that. Uh, I, he also didn't have to play 90 minutes 45 times mm. a year either because they had, you know, Foden and Sterling and, you know, all those guys in his in his heyday. So, I mean, it, it does seem that he's fouled more than any other player and, and not just fouls that are actually called, but just, act, you know, fouls that should be called. And it's, uh, 
it, it's my biggest concern because he's he, he's got an epic career for Arsenal and England yes. ahead of him, and I could easily see myself sitting here two years from now and talking about Abu Dhabi, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Jack Wilshere, and so forth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you could see you can see it, and and it just makes me sick. And I'm I'm, I'm trying not to let it impact my enjoyment of 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 who he is right now. But I mean, he needs some protection from his manager and from. From the league. Yeah, from the referees, uh, definitely. Um, after the 2-2 goal, uh, which Son scored again, um, we talked about it, so moving on. Um, I felt like the game was a bit of a, what do you say in English, Mike? Hawaii football? Like it, a, a damp squid, we could say. You could say that. Uh, do you agree with Oscar and Mike? Do you agree with that? Like it back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, and was no good flow to the game, if you know what I mean. Oscar? No, I mean, uh, the stats back it up as well. Yeah. I heard the stat that this was uh, the second uh, the second game with uh, least ball in play mm. in, yeah. in ball action. Or uh, it was uh, a lot of uh, whistling, a lot of like breaks uh, in this game. Yeah. Not a lot of play, uh, especially after the second goal, I think. Uh, yes. And I don't think we really, I don't know, I don't, I didn't really feel well. Some part of me felt like we're gonna win this. There's no worries. But then, uh, as the subs started coming along, and I was like, mm, I don't really see this. I don't see this happening. Yeah, like uh, I said, in I the don't beginning... really think we yeah. got. We didn't really get going yeah. after the second goal. I think that was. I think, I we were so playing not. Kind of we were playing not to lose. Yes, and and same point. with Spurs because uh, you know a draw at Emirates. Two thumbs up. They celebrated. You know, they're still celebrating. Oh if yeah. You look at the videos. Both teams playing not to lose. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense for them to be playing not to lose than for us to be playing. I yeah. Mean, you, you you protect a point away from home in in this fixture. So um, you know it. it uh, soon after the two two, I felt that we were going to win. Once we got to eighty eighty minutes, I was like, I, this game is just. I mean, it's just going to hell. Yeah, uh, you know, there's nothing it, uh, we could have had. Like someone's pointed out, I mean, we had 10 minutes of injury time. We could have had 15 minutes of it. Like in that Southampton game last year, mm -hmm. the one where we went down yeah. shockingly early. Um, I think we were down three nil. I think uh, it was down two nil and three one. Two nil and then oh, yeah, yeah, two two nil and then and then uh, and started to come back and we tied it. I mean, we had injury time in that game and it felt like every possibility that we could come on and nick a winner. And in fact, I think we hit the post at least once. Yes. Uh, when it was level, there was no such feeling in this game no. at all. No, 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 no. Like I said in the beginning, it felt like Arteta was protecting a draw as well because losing this derby, that would. That was I mean, that is gonna build some honestly, reaction, felt, if you know what I mean. I, I think you know, from an emotional standpoint, it felt like we lost anyway. I might have, I might have said, you know, to to go for it. Although we, at that point, you, you, our substitutions took away a lot of the energy that we would have had to go for it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, because we would be more, without Rice. We're more susceptible to the counterattack if we get caught up a pitch. Um, we. You know, might have brought in ESR a little bit earlier would have been another change yeah. that I would have made but uh you know it it you don't want to lose but you but you also don't want to roll over as soon as they you know you you have something fortunate that happens to you and you go up 2-1 with a penalty and 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 from that point on it just the game was gone from yeah. us which it should have been the exact opposite 
Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and like you said, this draw felt like a like a loss. But imagine if we actually lost. Uh, yeah. if it's gonna feel yeah. like the end of the world. Um, but all right, moving on. Something else from the game that you felt, Oscar, that we uh, missed talked about, or you wanna bring up, or or something. We talked about substitution, uh, Declan Rice, and and the goals and yellow cards and so forth. But is this something else? No, I don't think so. I think we've covered them the most, I guess. Mike, something you wanna brought up, or do you wanna listen to me torture myself looking at the one wall goal at, at ten? Yeah, no, I, again, I, again. I I want you to release a video uh, of of the scene that happened. Uh, I don't don't worry about copyright because it, it has to have that 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 song in it. But now I I'd rather just put this game behind us. Uh, you know, I've taken I've been very very seldomly on social media for the last couple of days because my whatsapp groups were enough mm. to depress me yeah uh, you know i just i don't like dwelling uh on, i mean i i have enough you know i've i've had i'm a 50 year old guy uh, i know i know i seem much younger uh in person and just i have a youthful to me, uh, which I'm being very sarcastic right now, but yeah, <laughs> I've had enough stuff go on in my life that that, that that I don't I don't really want to dwell on things that are yeah. you know ultimately small small things. And this derby, to me, if we had won, it would have been the biggest thing in the history of my life. Uh, but not winning, I, I, I'm going to minimize it. So let's move on. All right, to uh, to what we have in front of us. Okay, you're right, and the. Thing in front of us is the segment in the podcast season no player of the season and since tobias isn't here he usually do the introduction oscar would you do us the honors yeah so this is the segment of the podcast where uh, one in the panel or in this case the guest uh, picks i guess it's the guest you haven't told me beforehand but i guess it's the guest that's going to pick the top three players of the game yes and the player that was uh third best We'll get one point. The second best player will get two points, and the best player will get three points. And this points tallies up to a uh, table, and we uh, see at the end of the season which play we in the podcast has, uh, which has been the podcast player of the season. And uh, we also like to get a bit of a motivation on uh, why the players got the points. So, Mike, will you do us the honors? All right. So, you want me to start with the with the one point player? Yes, please. Yes. We're gonna do it. Are we gonna do it like the Miss Universe contest where we talk about the second runner-up and then the first runner-up and then? I like your reference, Miss Universe. Who who watches that anymore? Is that even a thing uh, anymore? Yeah, I I think I stopped watching that when I was twelve because you know then I met actual girls. Exactly, um, but so my the Miss Universe my, way, my, yeah. My one my one point player uh, is going to be uh, Mr. Brazil. Uh, although we have a few different options for that, but I'm, I'm going to give it to Gabby Jesus, and mm. and you know, everyone is is mentioning the 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 miss, and and that miss probably cost us a win. Um, he's got to do better with that. His you know, look, four days earlier he was taking the ball down brilliantly and shooting it into the one part of the net that was able to to score in against PSV. Um, so, you know, let's not say that he's like the least accurate number nine in the history of the world or anything like that. He's, he's fantastic, but he rushed this and he missed it. But I'm not sure that Ivan Tony gets into the position to, and, and, and I don't want to open that whole debate, but I'm not sure an Ivan Tony or, or, or a lot of other people even put the pressure on Madison to nick the ball off of him to, to, to get that opportunity. 
Um, so, you know, it's his pressing, his relentless running, his energy, his tracking back. He was pretty big in some defensive situations. So even though he was, you know, put out wide in a position where maybe it wasn't best for him, um, on a day where there weren't a lot of good individual performances, I'm going to give him the third best of them and, and say he's my one, my one point player. Great, great, great. I I just got one point there with you with the, the pressing. You talked about the pressing. Uh, brings me back like in the first 20, 20, 30 minutes or so, we won the ball really good with our pressing, and uh, I thought we uh, we should kill them there um, because we created some other good chances with the pressing. But um, I had uh, Jesus in my top three as well. Uh, Oscar, do you have any comments? No, not really. Okay, uh, the second best player. I'm going to go with, uh, with, with Bakayo Saka here. Uh, you know, second best player on the day. I'm sure some people might have considered him the best, but, uh, but I, uh, you know, it really surprised me. You know, we talked about his, his penalty. Well, we talked about the penalty. We didn't yep. really talk about Saka's taking of the penalty. And, mm. and um, i got to tell you, I was really, really nervous. Really nervous. I mean, we're all nervous when, when, when Saka steps up to the penalty spot for obvious reasons that we're all very familiar with, both you know for England and of late with Arsenal. Yep. Uh, a couple misses, some not that important in the preseason, some very important, like against uh, was West, it Liverpool last we, year. West Ham, was it? Oh, West Ham. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah, it was in that stretch of games with Liverpool, uh, West Ham, and Southampton. Yes. But it was, the, yeah, it was the one that would have put us up uh, for good against West Ham. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So you know, give it. Odegaard was on the pitch. Jorginho was on the pitch, mm. uh, and it did surprise me. Was Odegaard? Yeah, Odegaard. Yeah, it was. Odegaard. Yep. Uh, it did surprise me quite a bit that Bukayo Saka stepped up to take it, um, but you know those things are very short term. They're basically while the while the guy's running up, he took it uh, right down the middle, confident. I think it's good for him to to build that. And of course, before the penalty, he was absolutely terrorizing Udogi. So, um, in a typical good performance from Saka, um, I just again not to be overly repetitive. I, I'm really really worried about the guy. And his long-term health. Yeah. So he's he's getting two points for me. Um, great, Oscar. Any comments on Saka? No, I think he was uh, he he really deserves the points. And I mean, uh, the guy is well. Let yes, uh, let's just hope that he's uh, back soon. Uh, I mean, the initial reports that I read is that he at least will be out for a weekend. But let's hope he's back soon because we're going to see more of that magic. Yes. And uh, like I said, he always brings points when we play at home. Uh, he's ridiculously, ridiculously, ridiculously good. Um, so hopefully, fingers crossed, he's not going to be out that uh, that long. All right. The best player in Arsenal against uh, Spurs. Who is it? I mean, there could only be one person in this in this category, considering you know I've already mentioned Saka and Jesus, and that's uh, someone who I don't know that his name has been mentioned on this podcast yet, um, which is always kind of a good sign. But William Saliba, mm, yes, uh, Saliba's my my man of the match for this game. Um, you know, it's getting a little bit boring now that he's this good and constantly this this uh, you know this 
professional and repetitively solid, but he, I think, was the bright spot both you know on and off the ball. But uh, he, he's just—I can't believe how good he is. And he—and he was probably the shining, the shining star in this in this game on defense. I think it certainly could have been a lot worse without his uh, performance in this game. Yeah, definitely. Would you say he's a uh, Royce Royce of a player. Yeah, and I mean, I, I never expected him to be this good this quickly, even with all of the, you know, the drama surrounding his early years at Arsenal, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or maybe even because of his drama in his early years of Arsenal, I, I didn't expect him to come in and just be, you know, Tony Adams-esque in his first two seasons with the club. Uh, but he is that yeah. guy right, that you just, you feel completely comfortable with back there and and you know again we had our own issues with uh you know with defending in this game but i don't think he was the cause of any of them no, tony he... adams mixed with dennis burkamp because he's so <laughs> he's as ice cold as uh, dennis burkamp yeah one with a, bit of, with a bit of Cruyff and and uh, maradona and pele put in there as well yeah yeah and beckenbauer Like Tobias yeah. said in our last episode, uh, we talked about Saliba. And what did he say? He said, like, I, ca- I can't get a grip of him. I can't understand him, how he's thinking. Uh, like, you, you aren't supposed to do that when you play football as a defender. But it feels like Saliba, like, got dipped, you know, asterisks and obliques, uh, got dipped in the big, um, what do you say? Um, Uh, invincibility yeah you, uh, i don't know it's like getting dipped in the big box of like magic juice and something and like oh here we go like i don't know <laughs> that sounds really 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 <laughs> dubious yeah but he's uh, almost run out of words to describe how good he is and he's only what is he like 21 or something he's not supposed to be this good as 21 it's it's ridiculous Yeah, he was 17 or 18 when we signed him. Yeah. Uh, and that was that was in the summer of 2019. So yeah, I think he's probably 22 at this point, but just All right, I mean, fair enough. But 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 just I mean, he's he's unbelievable. I mean, he, to me he's the best if not top three, uh center defenders in the world right now. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely. We're lucky to have him. Yeah, who's who's better? Who's better defender right now in the world? I don't think anyone is. No, I mean, yeah. That's the thing. Um, maybe so, yeah. maybe Mustafi, but, but <laughs> I mean, it's funny that we mentioned Mustafi. But every decision, every split second decision, every when to go down, when to make contact, when to shift the ball, every decision that Mustafi made in those moments was the wrong one. Yeah, and every decision that Saliba makes in those situations is the right one. <laughs> I mean, that's just the big. I mean, it's that's the only way to describe the difference between the players. You know, is is how they perform under pressure, and and uh, I mean, we've already seen a few plays where where it looked like he was potentially in danger of getting a bad foul or even a, a penalty or a red card, and he instead it was the perfect tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, he's so amazing. <laughs> Good way to describe him. Describe him. He's the opposite Mustafi. Uh, I yeah. think uh, that's spot that's spot on. Uh, but all right, okay. Uh, moving on. It's Tuesday today. Um, Tomorrow, Wednesday, we're going to play a new, another game, uh, Brentford away in the Carabao Cup. And Oscar, starting with you, how much do you care? Not that much. All right. But, uh, what I care about, uh, I want to see, I want to see Smith Rowe get a start. I would like to see Nelson. 
I would probably like to see Nels uh, or Elneny. I think he deserves it. Uh, deserves a start now. And uh, Kivior and Tomiyasu, maybe. Uh, and I'm afraid that we might have to see Cedric one last time, which oh, is not no. a thought that I, I really enjoy. Cedric testimonial. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, he was on the bench against Bouts. Did you re- realize that? Yeah, he was on the bench uh, during the week as well. Yeah, he was, he was, he was. All right, he's getting closer. So, he's so, getting closer. So strange. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 it really is. But, but, at, be- this po- but at this point, if it, uh, with all the injuries we have, I might even be willing to play Cedric. And that says a lot because mm. I am very much done with Cedric. He's the one player that I wouldn't like to see play for us ever again. But uh, if it means we could keep some other players fresh, uh, I might even stretch as far as I say give Cedric a go then. I think everyone is done with Cedric except himself. Uh, Mike, I'm going to present an idea to you and uh, see what you think about it. All right, here's my take on the Carabao Cup. And it's not a good take, but it's a take. All right. Uh, when you compete with Manchester City, as Arsenal do, uh, you compete with City on with four t- on t- four trophies: uh, Premier League, Champions League, FA Cup, uh, and the Carabao Cup. Uh, your chances to win the Premier League against City is really, really, really small. We saw that last season. The chances to win Champions League against City is really, 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 really small. Uh, the chances to win FA Cup against City, it's really, really small. But maybe a, a slight uh, chance bigger than the Champions League and the Premier League. But the chance to win Carabao Cup uh, is the, what do you say? It's the biggest chance for a trophy this year. I know that City is in the Carabao Cup, but they're treated with like the fourth tournament. Uh, so I don't know how to put this, but is Carabao Cup Arsenal's biggest chance of a trophy? And therefore, should we go for it? Because the other trophies is like, Man City are in that tournament. We can't win. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you know, I, I, I've been debating this back and forth a lot because I, I agree with you. It's, it's uh, frankly, I mean, it's one of our better chances of a trophy. I mean, I, I think the Premier League is going to... I've been saying this even before last season when we did give it a go and almost had it in our hands. But, I mean, the, the, it, we're all fighting for second place in the league. Mm. Um, I don't mean to be defeatist or negative, but, I mean, it, it, we... You, We've seen teams have some of the highest point totals that have ever been done in the 38-game Premier League season and still finish second. Liverpool's yeah. done it um, you know, because City's just that good. Um, so, But by the same token, I feel like the Premier League competition is the one that dictates how we're all feeling about our club. Yes. And... So to risk further injury when we've been hit so hard in a in a in a Carabao Cup game, and then come out and potentially be weak on Saturday or Sunday—I I don't remember when we play. I guess it's Saturday against Bournemouth. Correct. Yeah. Um, is is scary to me. I mean, if you ask me which is which of the two is the more important game, I would say Bournemouth. If you ask me. In February, which is the more important game, the you know the game at Wembley for the uh, for the League Cup final, mm-hmm. or 
the game that weekend against a Premier League team, I'd say the opposite. So I think it's one of these things where, where in round three, you have to rotate. Mm. Yeah, you go for it. Yeah, you want to win it. But you, I mean, you just, you, we can't afford to rotate as much against Bournemouth as we can against Brentford. Brentford will probably have some of their top players rotated as well. I hope that they will. Uh, but um, as much as I'd like to see us win this trophy, I don't know that you can risk it all on, on round three in between a week where you just drop points to Spurs and have an important game. Uh, you know, a very winnable game away at Bournemouth, but one that we have to pocket those three points because of our schedule coming up after that. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not one for saying let's just bag this and, and put in youth players. We now have the depth in our, in our, in our 22 or our 24, you know, player squad to have a Tomiyasu be a rotation, mm -hmm. to have Kiwi or be a rotation, to have Reese Nelson and, and, ESR be your rotation. So, you know, we need to get these guys some minutes. We need to be more confident in their ability to help us in the group stages of the Champions League and maybe as a substitution in the Premier League so that we're not forcing Niketia and, and, and Jesus to, to, you know, to start the game at their expense. So um, I, I would expect and hope to see maybe nine changes in the lineup between Saturday and Wednesday, but that doesn't mean that I don't care about the Carabao Cup and that I think we should just deprioritize it to get the rest of the games off of our schedule. I want to win it, and I want to play every Carabao Cup there is game there is to win, to win all the way up through uh, Wembley, but I'm not willing to risk players who are you know clearly starting to get too many minutes in their legs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like we, you both said, we should have the squad depth to rotate and still compete, uh, at least in this game, and uh, see how it goes. Um, or at least, or at least we used to have it until we got like a bunch of injuries. That's a fair point. Yeah, and I mean, at, at center back, we're 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 going to have an issue. I mean, you know, Gabriel always seems to start these games, even when he's playing in the in the in the Premier League. I, it wouldn't surprise me to see Gabriel as the captain of the team mm. over the weekend or uh, tomorrow on yeah, yeah, yeah. Wednesday. Um, and, you know, and that's why I'm not saying 11 changes, but um, this would be the time to give El Nenny some minutes. I, I, you know, he's coming back from injuries. He hasn't really been out of favor, but he's, he's a backup. He's a third choice who's coming back from injury. So, you know, he might not be ready to play 90 tomorrow, but he should certainly be ready to play some to play a half maybe. And um, and yeah, I think we'll probably see Cedric. We'll probably see, you know, are in one of the center mid center back or or Tomiyasu in one of the center back if if Kiwior plays at the left. We'll see a very different lineup, and we don't always play well when we make that many uh, we make that many changes. Even if the players that we're putting in are good squad players, we don't yeah. always seem that that you know to have any chemistry when we do that, but. I think you kind of have to do it to preserve players and give people who need minutes minutes because we're not doing that in you know these aren't the Europa League group stage games no, against no. teams from you know from uh, Kazakhstan. <laughs> I I almost said that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as a joke. No 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 everyone understands no, like yeah for Sweden oh that's a compliment to us we're in Europa League. But we've Arsenal have lost a game at home against a team from Sweden. Yeah. La um, la la you're breaking up now Mike you're breaking up ah, la la la. Yeah but but uh, but yeah the uh, this is. 
This, I mean, we're not we're not rotating for the midweek Champions League games. That much is clear. So we need to do it for this game. Yes, and like you said before, we have an important game on uh, on Saturday against Bournemouth. Since we lost two points, no, we lost four points already in the Premier League. We can't afford when you compete with City, you can't afford to lose basically any more points. So that's a really important game as well. Um, one last thing, because we are going for a long while, and it's been a fucking blast to be honest. But one last thing. Uh, David Raya is from Lone from Brentford. Is he, is he available to play? I still think Ramsdale is gonna play, but if do you know what I mean? Con he, even he David is Raya like play? he's he's available and okay. able to be selected. That okay. that, but but I mean it would be a shocker if he is now based on the last three games. I mm. mean I would have I would have expected to see him in this game if you had asked me this nine days ago. Um, or even three days ago, uh, but yeah, I mean, Ram, if Ramsdale doesn't play on Wednesday, then I mean, then he's fucked. I mean, what is that? <laughs> then he's fucked. I mean, yeah, well, if he does play on Wednesday, it's like confirmation that he's our non-important game goalkeeper. In 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 quotes, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, because there there are no non-important games, but that's just that that solidifies it, and it solidifies that Ramsdale is not in contention to play against Bournemouth either. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it would be kind of funny to see Raya play, considering that he is actually still on loan. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, all right, so tomorrow, Wednesday, almost 24 hours from now, uh, we have to wait and see uh, how it looks and how it goes. Uh, and on Thursday, we're going to record a pod again this week, two pods in a week. Whoa, what's going on? Uh, we talk all about Brentford and uh, stuff, uh, other stuff, I guess. Uh, Oscar, anything else you want to add, or should we wrap this, uh, wrap this up? It's good to have you on again, Oscar. It was a long time ago, like we said. We should wrap this up because apparently my headset decided to, uh, to. So I had to change to like speaker now. So oh, okay. I guess sound will be bad, bad now. So I guess that's a sign that uh, we should hang up. That's our cue, I, I guess. But, uh, Oscar, good to have you back. Good to hear your voice and uh, safe drive uh, home. Because you're not home yeah. uh, right now. No. Yeah, I'm still in the car. Much home. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, on a parking lot. Uh, on a parking uh, and, uh, so, home, basically. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, no, but it was really fun to speak to you. And it was a blast, as always, to speak to Mike as well. And I hope to see you guys, both you guys soon. Yes. Uh, same, same. Uh, Mike, always a pleasure. Uh, second time on I'm already looking forward to the hat-trick to the third time it's been a blast it's been an honor, honor to have you on hey the honor's all mine I appreciate it It's it, it was great to see you guys again to, to see you again Oscar and to, and to meet you Philip uh, I, I made a point to remember your name this time <laughs> but uh, no we we we, uh, we hit it off when we were in London last what was it last May yeah I uh, hope that we'll have another chance to do it again this time uh, or this season and um, and thanks again for letting me talk about the uh, the pod and, and specifically the charity. If you have, if you want to learn more about it, you can go to uh, GoonersVCancer.com. Uh, there's details. You can help uh, help raise funds. And also on Twitter and Instagram, our socials are at the Gooners Pod and at GoonersVCancer. And uh, you can keep in touch with us there. Great, great. But thanks, for, thanks for having me on, guys. 
uh, great. And thank you everyone who listened. Great thank you to all uh, that you uh, all that you listen and like and retweet and stuff uh, that you always do. It means a lot to us. Uh, all right. Talk to you Thursday then. Until then, let's uh, give this bees uh, a, a bat. What do you say? Yeah, let's give them a... Um, let's give them hell. You just say that. Let's give them hell. Talk to you Thursday. Have a, have a nice uh, day tomorrow. Bye-bye. Ooh, to be a gooner.